On this episode of The B-Side, we're going to be talking about parenting from our new series, Not for Cowards. Welcome to The B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, welcome to The B-Side. I am Vince and I'm joined by Malia and Pastor David and Pastor Matt. Everybody say hi, one, two, three, go. Hi. Hey. Hello. Perfect. He just had to stand out and, and wait till everyone's done. Yeah. I, I see you. All right. I, I wasn't going to be the one to go, hey. <laughs> see, that's, I thought that was you. I don't think anyone's going to be confused about who that was. Anyway, um, so we are in a new sermon series called Not for Cowards. It's all about parenting. Uh, one of the most uh, uh, courageous, maybe the most fearful, fear-inducing tasks that we could take on as as human beings on this planet, um, other than, you know, trying to diffuse a nuclear warhead. I mean, that sounds And pretty... humbling, one of the most humbling things. Yeah, for planet. sure. So Matt shared a statistic with me, and I think he shared it on Sunday as well. Actually, it's four statistics, but anyway, um, about parenting and uh, about um, parents who are engaged with their faith and the, I would call this the retention level uh, of their kids within the faith. And so when mom and dad are both taking it serious, uh, 72% of those kids still have faith as an adult or, or come to faith um, at some point and continue on uh, as adults. When mom is serious about her faith and dad isn't, it's about 15% of those kids uh, stay in the faith. And when dad is serious about... of those kids stay in the faith. And then when neither of them is serious, it's only 6% of those kids. Um, So neither of them serious would be, they come to church, but there's really no spiritual discipleship or or seriousness at home. It's just kind of um, the the CEOs, maybe, uh, the Christmas and Easter onlys um, people. So, Matt, you had um, seven takeaways from the book of Proverbs about parenting. Um, so we're just going to go through that because um, you didn't get to it in your sermon. So you want to lead us off with the first one? Yeah, I, well, I think I would just say this too. So as a reminder, Proverbs 22.6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. And that's wisdom. So I do want to say that's not um, a biblical It's not truth. a promise. Right. It's not a promise. It's, it's wisdom, because obviously we just shared the statistics, and those are good statistics from LifeWay um, that you can check out if, if you don't trust us. But, um, you know, a quarter of the time, we still will have um, kids who were trained up in the way that they should go, and um, when they're older, they, they don't seem to want to do anything with the church. They don't want anything about faith, and, and they might walk away from it, at least for a time. There's mm-hmm. always the prayer that they'll come back. So it's not, a, it's not a promise, but what it is is it's just good common sense, right? That if I raise my children um, and I am serious about my faith and Carrie is serious about her faith and we raise our children demonstrating seriousness of faith and they see the benefit and the blessing that comes mm-hmm. from living a life that's sold out to God. Yeah. And they see my attitude, even when it's hard, be, be humble and focused and, and joyful, 
they're going to want that for themselves. They're going to mm-hmm. crave that for themselves. And so they're going to, even if they may wander at some point, they're going to want to gravitate yeah. back there. So this is good wisdom and it's, yeah. it's helpful. And I think when it comes to training up our kids in the way they should go, there are several practical things that Proverbs shares that mm-hmm. if we can train them up in these ways and, and show them the beauty and the, the joy of these ways, that they will be more likely uh, to, to gravitate back towards faith yeah. when they're older. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things, I went to a, a youth conference lately and they talked about, the, the guy used this analogy of everyone's got a wire that is attached to them. And, and that wire goes back to our family of origin. And when we get in a room full of people, I mean, it's true of the adults that we have here. It's true of our, our little kids and, and definitely true of our middle schoolers uh, is that when they show up, they have that wire. It's an invisible wire, and people are tripping over each other's wires as we get into big groups and, you know, the different ways that they communicate, different ways that they – different rules, uh, even about language. I mean – I can't tell you the number of times I've said a word not thinking it was a big deal and some kid being like, oh, we don't say that in my house. I'm like, oh, okay. I just tripped over a wire. Stop saying sucks. Yeah, stop saying sucks. So I think that Proverbs 22 is just honest wisdom. However you raise your kids, something's going to stick to them. It's, it's, yes. they don't, they'll never fully get away from it. Right. Well, and so these are the things, then these next seven are the things that if you're wanting to train them up in the way that they should go, these seven things need to be a part of that, right? Uh, and, and the first one comes from Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, and it's basically you need to train them to manage God's money. Here's what it says. Mm. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. And, and the simple truth to that is everything that we have belongs to God. Nothing that I own is mine. Mm. Everything that I own is God's, and he has given it, and here's the fancy word we use, he's given it to me to steward, Mm -hmm. to be in charge of it on his behalf. When I remember that, he blesses me. Mm -hmm. When I forget that, then he sometimes does not. And, And I think there's just good, valuable wisdom to help teach kids there because in our world, money is such a big deal. Uh, it is it is what everybody craves. It's what everybody chases after. It controls everybody, even people that, that take vows of poverty and those things. And they're still controlled by money. They're just, they mm-hmm. spend their life trying to get away from it. Yeah, It's just such a big deal that if we could teach our kids from early age, hey, this is God's mm-hmm. and you need to manage it well, then I think um, it would just go better for us. Yeah. So one of the one of the ways we do that with our family is our kids actually do the Dave Ramsey envelope system. Yep. So they so oh, they have an envelope, good. they have their tithing envelope, they have their uh, savings, and they have their spending. Um, and some of the lessons that I've learned as a parent, which really was humbling to me, is so as an example, we give our girls ten dollars, you know, for allowance. They have to earn it, so they have work they have to do, and then they get paid. Because that's another thing as parents, I want my kids to know it's not I'm just going to hand you money. Mm-hmm. You got to do something to get it. Um, they get their $10 and we tell them, okay, first one, first envelope's always the tithing envelope. And they're told, you know, $1 out of the 10 needs to go in the tithing, but we leave it up to them at least. The way it is, is at least $1 out of the 10 has to go in tithing. And I can honestly say, I don't think there's ever been a time yet where my girls have just put in $1. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, in fact, there was one time where I think it was, I don't remember which one of our daughters it was. I can't remember now, but she wanted to put in, all, I think if I remember, like $6 out of the 10 into her tithing. And I was about to say, are you sure? Like mm. I was going to be like, yeah. are you sure? You know, you ain't gonna have, you know the, the idea in my head is like, you're not going to have a lot left. And God actually stopped my mouth because, I, I mean, I stopped. And, and he was just like, why, why are you putting that into her? Mm. She wants to give $6, let her give $6. Yeah. And so even I've had to learn, like, you know, because I, I wanted to almost make her second guess giving more. Yeah. And, and so there's been some learning experiences for us, but that's how we do it. Um, and they get excited about it. The same thing, you know, sometimes we'll help them buy stuff. But if they say, hey, we want that, it's like, well, do you have enough money saved up? You know, do you? So letting them learn, it's not instant gratification. Right. You have to you have to save it. You have to, you know, so that's what we do. Yeah, and I think one of the, the interesting things, I, I'll say this because I've heard people, other parents use this model is um, for their kids, they, they have an age where they say, all right, at 13, we're going to introduce you. I mean, they've already known these people for a while, but we're going to have you have about five different conversations with five different adults that aren't us about five different areas. And finances are always one of those. So let's say, you know, if this is an area that you feel strong in, one Come to Financial Peace University. It'll help you a lot. But also um, having an outside person come in and, and at, when they're older talk about money is, is always really helpful um, because, you know, you're not as cool as you think you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, it's all very critical. I think the key to it, though, is to remember this, and, and that's why, why, David, I think your analogy is so good there. It's, it's, it's not um, what you do with your kids because this isn't my stuff. Mm. even teaching them, having honest conversations with them about, you know, debt. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. this is God's money. Does God want me in debt? And how does God want me to spend it? Um, I, I just, we do our kids such a disservice when, when we just kind of act like, well, you earn it, it's yours, um, and, and do with it what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult. But if we train them up in the way that they should go, we train them up in a knowledge that, Everything they have ultimately belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a really good idea with the, the envelopes. I think maybe we should consider doing that. Because I think it's really true that kids pick up on stuff that we don't even realize we're teaching them. Because, you know, Tyler gets a small amount of allowance every week for doing, you know, chores and whatnot. And, you know, he's not, like, super greedy, greedy I wouldn't say. But he's definitely, like, a hoarder when it comes to his money. <laughs> And I don't think Scott would mind me sharing this, but like, because he would openly admit this, that's kind of how he is too. Like, he doesn't like to spend it. He likes to save and hoard. And, and so it's funny that, you know, our kids pick up on that. Um, so maybe I, that's probably a good idea. We should start that. Yeah, it's, there's really been interesting moments. It's great when you're in the store and they want something, and we've done it. We'll pull out the envelope and we'll count. And we, they learn that lesson. You don't have enough. Well, I want it but you don't have enough. Right. Yeah, there's something profound about you don't have enough. (laughs) Yeah. I remember a story with Travis. He saved up and saved up to go buy a video game, and he had never learned about tax. (laughs) Uh, We did bail him out (laughs) at that point. He's got enough money for the game. He just didn't know about tax. That's funny. But we're like, all right, well, let's have a conversation. It's never as cheap as you think it is. And I I think the tendency, I mean, I think what's really important about this is, you know, train them that this is God's money. I think... Christians tend to be more conservative politically, and the classic conservative thing when it comes to taxes, and we can 
mess this up with God too is, well, I earned it. It's my money. The government shouldn't be taking any of it. But the reality is it's not the government's. It's not even yours. It's God's. And so God should get um, our first and our best. And so I think that's, we can always um, mix um, some of our politics into how we practice our faith. Yeah, no, that's a good Mm -hmm. point. So So the second one you have here is train them to carefully select their friends. Yeah, it's so critical that our our kids learn how to choose carefully. We all know that that bad company corrupts good character and all of those other things, but Proverbs 13.20 says, like, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm, Mm. right? Like you are who you hang out with. And a lot of times as parents, we're just happy they have friends, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, we want them to have friends. We want them to be busy. We want them to get out of the house and do stuff and and I'm just happy when I have friends. And and, and be good. (laughs) But but ultimately, we need to teach them to choose carefully. Not that they're better than anyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, But parents make this mistake often. And I think we make it about school, too, right? Because we talk about – I've had conversations with parents about public school or private school. I, my kids um, are in the public school system, and the public school system does a good job of educating them and teaching them things they need to know, math, science, reading, writing, geography, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But our public school system has also done a good job of discipling my kids in ways that I wish they weren't discipled, things Mm -hmm. that are away from God, things that don't honor God. And I wish if I could go back in time, I wish I would have put them in private school. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did, we didn't want to homeschool them. And at the time we didn't think we, you know, we didn't even consider private school, but we should have. And I would encourage parents to at least consider that as an option now. And I think part of the thing um, for us Part of the thing for us, too, is, is that we always say, well, you know, we don't want to take our kids out of the world. We want them to be of the world, you know, or, or in, in the world, but yeah. not of the world. And like, you know what? No, no, no. That's, that's a mandate for adults. Hmm. That's not a mandate for kids. I don't need to teach my, my six-year-old, yeah, you go hang out with somebody who is going to lead you down a wrong path, but you try to correct him along <laughs> the way because I want you to be a good witness. No, no. That's an adult mandate. That's not a six-year-old mandate. I'm not asking my 12-year-old to go influence. uh, I I mean, I want them to be a light, but that's not what they're called to do. That's what Mm. we are called to do. And we just want to be really careful about who we encourage them to hang out with. And can I take it a step further? Yeah. Who they date. Yeah, for Mm. sure. Right? Like, as a pastor, I just had premarital counseling earlier. And one of the first questions we asked, one of the first things we talked about, um, because I won't marry a Christian and a non-Christian. I won't do it. The Bible is clear about Mm -hmm. being unequally yoked. Um, It doesn't mean that I can't have friends that are non-Christian. I should have friends that are non-Christian. I'm called to have friends that are non-Christian. But we need to be real careful about who they date and who we allow them to date. Yeah, I I think when I worked at uh, camp, we would have angel tree camps and these kids are our kids who uh, have parents in prison and who live in the inner city and really struggle with um, staying out of trouble. And, and one of the things we always told them, and we got really serious with the middle school boys and with the high school boys, cause they, some of them were starting to get questions from gangs and, and was, we told them, show me your five closest friends 
and I'll tell you if you're going to be successful. I mean, that is so huge uh, in, in adults' lives and especially in kids' lives when they're being formed and when they're learning all sorts of things that maybe we don't want them to learn. Um, David, you look like you got something to say, so... Well, I was just thinking one of the ways we do this with our kids is even with not just friends, but you, you know, mentions the school. Um, my daughters, for a long time, when, even when they started in school, we would find ways to communicate to them to say, hey, listen, when you're in school, you need to listen to your teachers. You need to do what your teachers say. You, know, you need to be respectful of their authority and their teaching. But I find a, a priority to, to speak into them to say, listen, I, I don't mince words about it. I said, listen, you're going to hear things in school that as followers of Christ – we don't agree with, you know, I mean, I remember the first time my daughter came home and one of the books she had for her, for her reading was a book on dinosaurs. And we sat down and the very first line was, you know, like this talking about evolution, all that. And I just kind of like, well, honey, who, who created all this? And mm-hmm. she's like, God did. And I say, like, okay. So I use that as an example to say, listen, we're not going to get all upset about this. We're not going to make a big stink about it. But just realize there's going to be times mm-hmm. where the people around you are going to believe different you and think different you, differently than you and all that. And even now mm-hmm. I have two daughters. And I do, you know, sometimes people look at me like I'm, I'm weird when I do this. But I'm doing this with them now when you mentioned dating. Uh, there's two rules. My girls know this is because they're all, you know, they're young. So Piper, she's always like, my boyfriend, my boyfriend. I was like, yeah, you got no boyfriend. Not at all. <laughs> um, but we all, I always use that as a time, two rules. What are the two rules? I, and if they bring up a boyfriend, I said, okay, girls, what are the two rules when you start dating somebody? And the two rules are they have to love and follow Jesus and daddy has to approve. Mm. And so even now at, at their age, I'm, I'm putting that in their minds. These are the two rules. They have to love and follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and I have to approve. Because I want, when they get to that age, it's instilled in them. Yeah. You know, I understand they're probably going to yeah. push back on that. But at least it's not, I'm not doing it when they're 14, yeah. trying right. to put that into them. They've been hearing this since they were little girls. Yeah. And, and, and every time I do it, I say, why does daddy need to approve? Because I love you and I'm protecting you. And yeah. I want somebody yeah. to love you as much as I do. And, and you know what? That's awesome. That's awesome for that. And, and, and I, you know, I, I wish I, I, I have just co-opted that. I've adopted that for my conversations with Aubrey. Um, you know, because we have not allowed her to date. I mean, for her, it's, I mean, date, like they've got boyfriends in middle school. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. We're Don't going even. out. Exactly. Where are you going? To the lunch table. Oh, but, but as far as going out. <laughs> You know, don't um, even get me started on middle schoolers dating. <laughs> but but I think but for friends too, right? Like you don't. It, it doesn't mean that that every friend you have needs to to love and follow Jesus. You know, of course not. But but what it means is right when you're selecting best friends, or or if someone is actively um, causing strife and struggle, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just we need to teach them early on that. Yeah. Basically, you are the company that you keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this might be one of the ones that is going to be the hardest one. Um, all of these are going to be hard to start late, so start yeah. early. Yep. But I think this one might be the hardest to start yep. late. Yep. Sure. Um, because, you know, it's kind of hard when your kid's been friends with somebody for two, three years, and now you're saying, hey, um, we're trying to course correct. And they're saying, I, I'm not getting rid of Timmy. Like, he's my best friend for the last three years. Yeah. And, although, although Timmy's been arrested for shoplifting. Right. And, and Timmy, <laughs> Timmy has, hasn't made curfew in, in two years. Right. And, 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 and Timmy actively drinks and, and is involved with, with things that yeah. we don't want you associated with. And it doesn't mean that I have to all of a sudden ostracize. or be, But you know what? When it comes to hanging out. You're right. Mm-hmm. I need to choose differently. And mm-hmm. that's a hard thing. And there's a lot of, uh, when we train kids up in that specific one, there are times where we have to remember that we are 
the parent. Right. And that if kids are unhappy with us, that's not a bad mm-hmm. thing always. Yeah. Uh, and when they're teenagers, important. they're just always unhappy with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, and when they get a, a license, I mean, this this, <laughs> it's, it's this is so. almost impossible to do when they have a license because they'll, they'll hang out with who they want to hang out with. So yeah. yep. you've got to start um, yeah. young yeah. with this. Sure. So the third one we got here is train them to work hard. Yeah, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, hey, take, take a lesson from the ants. You lazy bones. Oh, man, um, what translation is that? That's the NLT. All right, all Learn right. Learn <laughs> from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Mm. It's just this simple idea that hard work pays off. Yeah. And you shouldn't yeah. need somebody lording over you mm. to make you work hard. You should do it simply because it's right and it's helpful and we need to teach them that, whether it's academic work, whether it's physical work. Um, you know, we live in a world where um, it is easy to keep your hand out. And I don't want to get political, uh, but we live in a world where it's easy, it's easy to keep your hand out and, and to look for other people to support you or provide for you. But ultimately, we need to teach our kids early on that they work. There's a biblical mandate, right? Paul says, man, you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. Right. And, and there are people that can't work and they're trying to work. And I get mm-hmm. that. But we need to teach our kids the value yeah. of wanting it. Yeah. Well, regardless of being political, anybody I would challenge anyone to go call any nonprofit, call any church in our area and, and just talk to them about um, reoccurring people and, yeah. and how hard that is. Um, I mean, we've had to say no to people that we've said yes to a lot. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and so so anyway, I that's think that's just an anecdote. I don't know why I said that. No, it, it, but it, it has value. I mean, it has value. I mean, it's it's like yeah. it's not to say that that we can't help people in need. I'm in need at times and need help. Other mm-hmm. people are in need and, and they require help, and we are happy to come alongside and help them. There's a difference between needing help and being immune to hard work. Mm. And we need to teach our kids to work. They need to learn. How do we do that? We, we give them chores, right? We give them responsibilities. We, we make them start and complete and finish tasks. We, you know, we don't bail them out every time something gets hard, but we need to teach them um, to work hard. Um, that's the thing when you say bail them out. I think that's an important aspect of this is part of teaching and training your child to work hard is to not instantly jump in and help them in, like right away. Um, and, and this applies to everything, doing chores, doing homework, right? It, it's, again, when, you're, when your child's doing homework, I'm all for helping them. But don't jump in right away. Let, let them wrestle with it for a while. Let them expand, you know, let their brain hurt, you know, not to the point of getting discouraged and wanting to give up. But if your child's only putting 20% of their effort into something, don't jump in and say, oh, well, I hope you have, no, it's like, no. Step up your game, work a little harder. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where you're giving your best and you still mm-hmm. need some help, then, then I'm more than willing to jump in and help you. And, and <laughs> failure is a gift. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, just, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, and, and I just think Vince feels in, really strongly about he that does, one because yes. he is gifted a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but it's, a, you know, and, and I think as parents, we also need to. I want my girls, so as an example, our oldest is really good at gymnastics, and I want her to work hard at that. I want her to succeed in that. I want her to have fun in that. But you know what? At the end of the day, her job right now is she's a student. Mm. And that's what's the pro- It's like that work at your schooling. 
work to read, to learn, to do your homework. You know, so it's also prioritizing the work that they do. Mm-hmm. It, it's saying, yes, there's a lot of areas where I want you to work, but I want you to understand. Because if I, if you can, if, I feel like if I can get my daughters to understand their job right now is to be a student, those skills they'll learn will tra- they'll go mm-hmm. to the next thing when yeah. they get their first yeah. job. Okay, this is my job now. So I think that kind of translate, translates into our lives as Christians, too, because it's hard. You know, and just specifically the thing that popped into my head was um, just sitting down and reading your Bible. Mm. I think what turns a lot of people off is when they sit down to do it, they open it up, and it's hard, and they don't understand. And so they're like, well, I'm kind of done with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's worth knowing is going to be hard, and, yeah. and, and there's yeah. just something in that and sitting in that and, yeah. and struggling with it a little bit, too, that, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. One of my... Um, this is my transition into the next one. Uh, one of my favorite... Uh, That's good, because we're running out of time. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Instagram um, accounts is old player tweets. And, and they take tweets from old players that are just absolutely outrageous. And th- and that ties into this next one is train them to watch their words, especially in this day and age where it is so easy to throw words out into the ether. And, and they never go away. So the interweb. Yeah. How many times have we heard just in the last year about athletes being suspended or in trouble? Mm-hmm. They're 26, 27 years old because they tweeted something when they were 17. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, you're right. It, and you shouldn't feel that way when you're 17. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're talking now I am 10. I mean, how much different are you than you were 10 years ago? Oh, geez, yeah. Right. When 10 years ago, I had a full head of hair <laughs> and my beard was not completely white. Yeah. I wasn't even a Christian 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think it's like, it's like we are different people, but we have to be careful about our words. Words hurt. Proverbs 424 just basically sums it up. And all of Proverbs could be summed up in talking about, like, don't say stupid things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Your tongue is evil. Don't yeah. be dumb. Yeah. But um, avoid all perverse talk and stay away from corrupt speech. Mm-hmm. I'll just give an example from last night. It's not just like swearing or saying hateful things or hurtful things. Last night, Piper, our youngest, I heard an argument between her and my, my wife last night. Uh, she, she had to take a shower first, and, and Piper's response was very upset. Life is unfair. You're so unfair <laughs> to me. Did I have and, running water that, that I have to hot. take a shower first? She was so upset about it. It was unfair. That's funny. So it took an, it was an opportunity to step in and say, and I asked her, I was like, so what's so unfair about your life? Let's talk, you know. So it's, it's not just these like mean words or hateful yeah. words or swear words. Look for, you know, because like when my child does the same thing, when they say, I'm starving. It's like, no, you're really not. Yeah. You're a little bit hungry. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Because it gives an opportunity to expand their mind a little bit. Say, listen, there are people that are really starving. Um, I'm not coming down on them. It's just, hey, let's let's think about Train our words. Them. You're training right? them up. So, yeah. So right, see, we have to get we have to get over the idea. I think that we are being harsh. Yeah. And we actually this is so you have this coming week this Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and and that that's a sermon I'm really looking forward to hearing. And then the next week we talk about authority and obedience, um, and and that'll be one that I, I preach on. But something we'll touch on during that mm-hmm. series is this idea of we we do not want to be harsh with them. Yeah. But we do want to train them, and correcting is not the same as being harsh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an attitude that comes with it that makes it harsh, 
or there's an attitude that comes with it that makes it corrective and instructive. It's yep. our job to instruct them. That's what it means when we say train them up in the way exactly. that they should go. So yeah. absolutely. So this next one, I, I always find it really funny, is uh, train them to guard their heart. And I find it funny because um, when I was in college, it was always, it was, that was the big tagline during dating was, oh, you need to guard her heart. And I was like, bro, I'm not engaged with her, and I am not married to her. I'm going to try. I can't even guard my own heart right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I think one of the best ways you honor her is to guard your own heart, yes. right? The, my own heart is my responsibility yeah, right we, now. We, we can teach that to our, our young men that are dating, right? Like the best way to, to guard and protect somebody else is to guard your heart mm-hmm. about them. But, but Proverbs 4.23 says, like, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Mm. And in a lot of ways, we use that to mean different things. Um, I know Malia likes to ask people to check their heart. Um, she John Chris it, right? I love John Chris. Check your heart. Yep. Um, but, but ultimately, there are some things we need to be careful about. Guarding your heart. Be careful about what you put in front of your face. Mm. What are you looking at? Yeah. Right? Like, what do you look at? Because... Because the images that you put in front of your mind, I think there's another, uh, the psalmist says at some point that I made a covenant with my eyes to not look on any vile thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, somebody can check the, the psalm and, and let me know what that is later. But, but the idea is I guard my heart by making these decisions um, to not look at things, to stay away from pornography, to mm-hmm. stay away from ungodly behavior, um, even to check what I'm watching that might lead me to to lust yeah. or to anger or to frustrate those things. We just got to be really careful. Like to Game guard. of Thrones. Like Game no, of I Thrones. I mean, it's not even. <laughs> I, I remember I was watching a show the other day, and I was texting Victoria, and I was like, "Oh man, I found a great show on Netflix. It's really funny." And then ten minutes later, I was like, "Never mind," because there was a <laughs> vulgar scene, and I was like, "If this is." I, this I, is I, the normal. I'm 10 minutes I gotta, into episode one. I got to check out. Like, I'm out. You know what? And, but, but that's a matter of checking your heart. That's mm-hmm. a matter of guarding your heart. To say I'm not going to flirt with the world. Mm-hmm. Premarital counseling again. Um, I, I just, I'm like, look, you are getting married. You no longer need good friends of the opposite sex. Right. Yeah. Why? Not because, not because you in your mind are thinking, oh, I, I, I may want to have an affair with them later, or I may want to get emotionally involved with them, or, but because as you guard your heart, you take away the possibility mm-hmm. of those things. Your heart is valuable, and, and we need to teach kids to guard their hearts against all kinds of evil and against the influence of, of the world, because the world will draw them, and the world will flirt with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it that way, it, it sounds kind of wonky, but, Sounds a little sleazy. Right, but the world will flirt with them. The world will tempt them. The world will try to draw them along, and we got to teach them early on. Guard your heart. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Your heart is precious. So there's a, that's the outward view of it. I want to put another spin on it, too, because yeah. there's an inward view of this, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I want to express as parents is we also need to be uh, active and intentional in helping our children navigate emotion. Mm-hmm. because the emotions come from within, right? Like guard your heart. Mm-hmm. So, so find the opportunities to guard your child in. Emotions are great and they're good, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't be the direction of your life. Yeah. Feelings right? are fickle is what exactly. I've been told. So right. one, as a parent, that requires me to 
keep my emotions in check and not fly off the handle. And if I do, or, you know, like, so if I get over upset, like angry with my, my kids and if I lash out, maybe say, you know, get a little angrier than I should, I do go to them and I'm like, I shouldn't have been that way. I'm not apologizing for what you did. I'm apologizing for my reaction. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, find the opportunities with your children when they, when they have those emotional outbursts, whatever they are, use them as opportunities to say, hey, those emotions are great, but don't let them dictate, you know, your life. Like, again, using a real-life mm-hmm. example, just two nights ago, Libby, we put her to bed. She, first time she's ever had a stuffed-up nose. That's crazy to me. But her nose, she couldn't <laughs> breathe through her nose. I tell her goodnight. I come back in to turn her light off. She's, she's bawling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you, what do you, what's wrong? Uh, my nose is stuffed up. I mean, she's like emotional wreck because her nose <laughs> is stuffed up. That was real to her, but that was an opportunity to say, okay, let's just stop, breathe. This isn't something, you through know, your mouth. Your mouth. that's easy your for mouth. you to say, dad. I told her that actually, I was like, breathe. You can still breathe. It's all right. But I'm like, you know, just, just calm down. Let's, let's process yeah. through this yeah, instead of just being a parent to like, you know, knock it off, go to bed. Yeah. Deal it's with like, it. Go to bed. Let's talk. Like, let's mm-hmm. look at your emotion. Mm-hmm. Where's it coming from? Why? And helping yeah. them navigate to control emotion yeah. versus being dictated by, because it all comes yeah. from the heart. It's from within. I was listening so. to something this morning, um, J.D. Greer, surprise, surprise. And he was saying that a lot of times, you know, in our faith, we feel and then we believe when it should be the opposite. You know, you believe and then the feelings come after that. And we, we just are so focused on the feeling mm-hmm. part of it, you know. Yeah. All right, so number six, we have train them to be generous. Yeah, and this goes along with our first one, but it's separate. You know, the first one we talked about, hey, train them um, to steward God's money well, to, mm-hmm. to, to understand that it's God's. But, but this goes past that, right? This is the idea of being generous with everything that you have, who you are, the money that God has blessed you with, the mm-hmm. property that God has blessed you with, um, the skills that God has blessed you with. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, "Hey, the generous will prosper; those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed." Mm. Our world, the culture, wants to teach our kids that they should look out for number one, right. yeah. that they should take care of themselves uh, because nobody else is going to. And the Bible teaches, God teaches. You know what? Uh, the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. Mm-hmm. And you can give richly and abundantly out of who you are because God will refresh you. And so being generous is just a way of life that we want people to have. Doing premarital counseling uh, with Victoria, and we've had a lot of great conversations. One of the realities of of our marriage and where we're going to be living is we're going to be an hour away from her parents. I'm going to be three hours away from mine. And one of the conversations we had is we have to be willing to be inconvenienced to make each other's parents a priority. Um, and, and I said, I, I think that goes beyond our, our, our parents is we've got to be willing to inconvenience our preferences, our time, our schedules to m- make people a priority or to, to um, convenience other people. Um, and, and that's just one way to be generous um, that we've been talking about. Yeah, just just being generous. And and the reason I, I make the distinction here is because generosity goes beyond giving a tithe. Right. It goes back to, look, you're obligated because tithing is – I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. If you don't tithe, I guess I'm not trying to call you out, but I kind of am. No, tithing is an mm-hmm. obligation. It's a command. Yep. It, it is a biblical mandate that you are to tithe. Okay? You set aside the tithe. That's what you're supposed to do. 
but we're called on top of that to be generous. And so I go back to this and like you are teaching them the biblical mandate of obedience of you put a dollar in that envelope. Mm-hmm. But, but when Libby or Piper, whoever it is says, yeah, I, I want to put in six this time. Mm-hmm. That's generosity. Mm-hmm. And it should be encouraged. It should be celebrated. And as parents, if we want to train kids up in that, we show them where we're generous mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't bemoan it. Yeah. Right. Like I know some people that will be generous and then they will whine up and down <laughs> about how generous they had to be <laughs> and what they miss out on because they were generous and all of this. And it's like, what lesson are your kids taking away from that? Yeah. The lesson they're taking away is, oh, I better not do that because it's going to make me miserable. Yeah. So. Just, just quick, the way to train your child in this, this is a, a practical thing. Just invite them on your journey of generosity. So, yeah. you know, with our, with our girls, uh, whenever I have an opportunity, if we see somebody that's on the side of the road and they're asking for money, people got different opinions to that, but I feel like I, I offer something. My girls now are the ones they fight, like, let us do it, let us do it. It's my money, but they're learning. So they hand that out, and they're the ones that say, here you go, God bless. Mm-hmm. You know, they're learning through, you know, Christmas time. We take them to do the Christmas boxes. They do the shopping for the operation mm. shoe boxes. They know what's going in. So the best way to do this with your kids is invite them onto your journey of generosity and they'll pick it up from you mm-hmm. as they as they do that with you. So can I so. I know we're running out of time, but can I brag on my kid a little bit? Sure. Something that made my heart so happy. Um, and it was all on her. She asked about a month ago, she said, Hey, so for Christmas, what if I just get one thing this year? And then you take the rest of the money and we could pick a charity to give it to. Mm. And I'm like, that's great. And I'm like, you do that for me too. I don't need a present, but whatever you were going to spend on my present, mm-hmm. we'll give it to the, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll pick out the charity together and it was going to be a lot of fun. And then we joked that we didn't know if Travis would get on board with that or not. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, but then she asked grandma the same thing, right? Mm. Grandma, can mm. you just give me yeah. one thing? And then, um, and so, I mean, I think there's, there's part of it as a parent though, I'm going back to what you said. It's like there's part of me that wanted to argue with her. Mm. Like, why? Why does she need more crap? Yeah. <laughs> right? She doesn't need more crap. You know what she needs to do? She needs to be trained up in generosity. She is outpacing me in that, and I, I, I need to support and encourage. So I, I just, like, there are, there, we just, we need to be careful and, like I said, bring them along, show them, and celebrate it. Make it a great thing, yep. not a hardship. Yep. And if she's listening, this wasn't a sermon, so no $5. Right, yeah, I don't right. think is she that, listens to our no, podcast. Yeah. Oh. And I think we're safe. As somebody who <laughs> is moving currently, yeah, nobody needs more crap. Like very few nope. people in America need more more crap. Nope. I True just dad. threw away like 17 bags of, of trash and that's my uh, a mild. How, how much of that? I, here's what I want to know: How much of that trash is something I gave you? Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I keep everything that you give me okay, because good. it's so treasured. That's right. That's right. I'll try to give that away as soon as. You all right. Away. Here's the last one, and I think this. Um, they're all really important, and if you haven't accomplished this last one by doing the other six, um, here's your reminder. Yeah. Um, train them to fear God. That's why this one is at the end, right? Yeah. Um, this is, this is the summative statement. As you train them up in these ways, what you're doing is you are training them to fear God. Proverbs mm-hmm. 1, 7, fear, the, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I would add to this is this is not fear like being afraid of God. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is fear of the Lord like a healthy respect and reverence. Yeah. And this awe. is the kind of fear that I want my kids to have of me. I don't want them to be afraid of me. 
Mm. Oh my goodness, I don't want them to be afraid of me. If my kids are afraid of me, I've done something terribly wrong. But I want them to respect and honor me. Yeah. We'll talk a lot about this in the sermon a couple of weeks from now. How teaching our kids to have fear and reverence for us, not to treat us like God because we're not, right? But teaching them to honor and obey us uh, is helpful in teaching them how to honor and obey and fear and have reverence for God. And so uh, you'll touch on that next week a little bit, and I'll touch on that. You actually touched on this last sermon because one of the greatest ways we can do that with our kids is allowing them to know and seeing God's more important than them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like helping you them are know. Not, yeah. We are not child-centered yes. parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are God-centered parents. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. kids actually are third. Yeah. Yep. In a family hierarchy. Yeah. God, yep. your spouse, yeah. your children. It, they're important, but kids should understand, and we should be okay with teaching. God comes first. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your spouse comes second. Kids, you are third. Then we'll start to worry about all of the other responsibilities and things. Yeah. I mean, there, but there's a hierarchy there. When kids become the center of our universe, then boy, things things get and, out. And of you reality. said it for what it was. It falls Awfully apart. Fast. Like it we think we're apart. doing, we think we're doing the right thing for them. We're right. actually doing the worst thing yeah. for them. Because yeah. so. then you start neglecting your spouse. You start well, neglecting God. And well, that, even that though, what we've taught our kids is that God is an option, right? right. And He's not the best one. Mm-hmm. He's important, but He's not the best one. Yeah, and, and you said that to me earlier is, you know, we kind of you, you give them a little taste of God and it's going to uh, inoculate them yeah. from, from the full life. From his glory and power and majesty. Don't, yeah, don't vaccinate your kids against the, the, the power and, and the glory of God. That's just a dangerous game to play. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't know. you guys have any closing things to say? I'm good. I'm good. I, I think the big thing in this is you got to be intentional, folks. Uh, I, I I think oftentimes we people parent and they parent like they're making it up as they go along. And, and I don't think as Christians that we have to do that. Um, we have a book that gives us great wisdom. So we just pray that this podcast was beneficial to you. And we pray that we'll see you on Sunday and blessings. And, and we will see everybody next week or they'll hear us next week for a special podcast oh, yeah. next Tuesday. We normally have them every yes. other week. But we got a special one next Tuesday. And we missed one. Yeah, we So this will help make up. Very much looking forward to that special podcast um, where we get to celebrate Vince and his last time with us um, until we get him to come back as a special guest. Yes. Sure. All right. Perfect. All right. Thank you, guys.